And because it's an all-in service, I'm going to need a bit of help from various people. So please don't shy away when I call out your name. Everyone's a bit nervous now. No, don't worry, I won't put anyone under pressure. <laughs> okay, so this morning, uh, I just want to start off by showing you... Um, I realise I'm standing a little bit in the way of the screen. Some pictures of some places that are important to me. So I wonder if those can just come up on the screen a little bit. Hopefully they're on their way. Oh, there we go. Oh, sorry. Now, I couldn't find a picture of our red sofa without one of our children on it. So uh, that's, that's our red sofa. Okay, that's a very important place for me. It's kind of right snug by the radiator. Uh, it looks out onto the garden, and you see that there's a careful arrangement of the, the pillow. No pillow? What's it called? Cushion? Back cushion has been put to the side because that's the most comfy position. Okay, there's one. Uh, there's another one. The table with a cup of tea. It's always an important place for me. And uh, There's some more coming up. Oh, okay. Excuse the legs. Um, that's the hammock that we have in the garden <laughs> in the summer sometimes. Um, yeah, that's, I love that place. I won't tell you why, I'll let you guess that. And there's a little view of our garden through our kitchen window. All important places for me for one reason or another, and you've got to guess why. But there's a few more clues, so hold on. Next pictures. Ah, these are also important places for me. A cafe, like anywhere you can go, sit and have a cup of tea. I'm boring, aren't I? I know, I'm 53, sorry. <laughs> oh, there we go, okay. Um, places like the park, somewhere I can see a little bit of greenery, um, a little seat there to sit down on. I wonder what that seat might be for. Okay, oh, look, there's a nice view, a view of the water. I'm a sucker for looking at like a view of the sea or a view of the water, I love that. Okay, there's, oh, there's another seat there, I wonder what that might be for. Oh, anyone know what that is? Yeah, bookshop. See, look, I'm really old. I love bookshops. Okay, they're all really important places uh, for me. Can anyone guess why that might be? Any thoughts? Ben? They are definitely places that are relaxing. And in those places, to relax, there's some things that I generally like to do. Nat? Pardon? Oh, yeah, eating's always good. Yep, yeah, fairly relaxing. There's something else I'm thinking of. Ben? Browsing. Good word. You need something to browse, though. Here's a clue. <gasps> Read a book. Do you know, I love reading a book. In fact, it, um, these are all special places. What's that? Yeah, lots of books. I love reading books. You're right. And they're all special places for me to go and do that. In fact, I am known for being someone who looks out for somewhere to read a book. So we'll go somewhere and I'll spot a special chair or I'll spot somewhere with a view, with a, somewhere with a view and I'll say, that's a good place to read a book. Like the kids just know that it's going to come out of my mouth. In fact, they often say, oh, mum's going to say it, get ready. And then I do every single time. Um, I just love finding a place to read a good book. Has anyone read a good book lately? Oh, you have, Bethany. What, what was your book, Bethany? Oh, nice, a fairy book, brilliant. Do you know what? There has been, in the last few weeks, there's been a lot of talk about a book that has come out recently. Uh, the person who wrote it has been on the TV. There have been news articles about it. Uh, does anyone know what book I might be talking about? Prince Harry's book, yeah, called Spare. Do you know that in the first week of it being published, it sold 3.2 million copies worldwide? Like, I mean, regardless of what you think, okay, I can, I can sense already there's tension in the room that I've even mentioned it, okay, but regardless, 
3.2 million copies in the first week. It is likely to be one of the best-selling memoirs of all time. Do you know who else has got a book out? Oh, no, not me. Yeah, no, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking, yeah, yeah, I wasn't edging, like, edging towards that. No, I was thinking about another book. Uh, <laughs> um, this book that I'm talking about is a good book. In fact, it's a great book, and I would actually consider it to be the best book in the world. And if you've not read it yet and you haven't got a copy, there's some spare copies on the back table. You can take one before you go. Anyone know what the best book is in the entire world? world. Daisy? The Bible. Okay, amazing. It is. This is what mine looks like. Um, yours might not look like this. Yours might have pictures in it. Yours might be smaller. It might be bigger. Um, it might have uh, questions in it, all sorts of things. Okay. The Bible has been around for a long time. More than 4.7 billion copies of Bibles have been printed between 1455 and 2007. Okay, that's a few hundred years, but 4.7 billion copies. Okay, I think it's going to outsell Harry. Okay, uh, does anyone want to take a guess about how many Bibles are generally sold every single year? Doesn't have to be just children. Adults can hazard a guess too. How many Bibles sold every single year? 2,000 a million. Wow, that is a lot. Do you know what? You're not far off it, Henry. There's 20 million Bibles sold every year. 1.66 million Bibles sold every month. 384,615 Bibles sold every week. 54,945 Bibles sold every day. Obviously, these are kind of potentially averages. Could, you know, every now and then they could change. Now, that is a sign to me of a book that is well worth reading. It's been around for hundreds of years. So how come? And I think it might have something to do with what's inside the book. Look, the cover doesn't look that interesting, does it? But what's inside is amazing. So this morning, we're just going to talk about three simple things, okay? Whether you've been around in church for a long while, whether this is the first time you've ever set through the door, it's, there's still important questions to ask. So the first one is why. Why would we choose to read this book? And I asked some friends, first of all, to um, help me. I just wanted to find out what they said. And they said this. One person said, because I want to know God more, and he speaks to me through it. Someone else said, because it speaks truth. Another friend said, I want to be rooted in the promises of Jesus, so it grounds me and guides me. Another friend said, because God speaks to me through it. And another friend said, because God encourages me and teaches me through it and gives me tips as I try to become more like Jesus. And some of the stories are really gripping. So what does the Bible say about why it's a good thing? And I've got some clues to kind of just help us think through some of these things. So I'm going to need a little bit of help, okay? So I'm going to choose somebody just to come up and give us a hand. Could, um, in a minute, in a minute. Now, could you start us off? Could you please find this thing for me in here? Come around this side. There we go. I need you to find that. Okay. <gasps> Don't show everyone what's inside. Oh, okay. Great. Have you got enough puff? Could you blow it up for me? Can you show everyone what it is first? Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay, so we've got a balloon. Okay, go for it, Nat. 
doing oh look at it keep going go on keep going well done don't hyperventilate on me well done well done that good job good job oh oh angela wants you to stop okay okay we've got some people a little bit worried can you try it yeah brilliant okay angela was like please don't do any more i'm on the front row it's a little bit scary brilliant thanks now that's amazing and blown and everything perfect thanks Nat. Go and find a seat. Okay, so a balloon. Why on earth would I be using a balloon to think about what, why it's important to read the Bible? Let me show you this. There's something in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and verse 16, and it says this. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the Word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks that God has for us. The Bible is a place where God speaks to us. His breath, this didn't look like a balloon before Nat blew his breath into it. And then Nat blew his breath into it, and it's taken shape. And now it can be the balloon it's supposed to be. It's no good if it's just like this. That doesn't do anything, right? It needs their breath breathed into it. It takes shape when it has breath in it. It says, through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks that God has for us. As we read the Bible, we take shape when we take in the words that God has for us. God changes us from the inside out and he breathes his life into us breath that keeps us alive, that makes our body and our minds and our hearts work. Now, as we go along, children, you have got some bits of paper that look like this and something that looks like this that you need to fold so it looks like this, okay? So this says the Bible, and it says on there, God speaks to me. So you can draw a picture of yourself from the front, but in the middle, as we go through these different objects, I want you to cut out the different objects and match them to the words underneath. Then you can stick them into your Bible cover. Does that make sense? Any puzzled faces? Does everyone get what I mean? Yeah? Okay. There's a few spare at the back if any adults want to do it as well. Okay. Um, okay, so number one, God's breath. God breathes his words in the Bible. They, they speak to us. God speaks to us through them. Okay, his life-giving words for us. Okay, let's have someone else come and help with another object. Um, Bethany, can you come and help me, please? I need you to find this. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Jacob, it can be your turn in a minute. Go and sit down quick, quick. And then it can be your turn. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Hold it up so everyone can see. Okay, a map. Okay, brilliant. This is a map of the south of France. We've not been there a long time. Thank you, Bethany. Go sit yourself down. Brilliant. A map, okay? The Bible is like a map that shows us which way to go, shows us how to make decisions. In Psalm 119, verse 30, the psalmist writes this, I post your road signs at every curve and corner. I grasp and I cling to whatever you tell me. Now, those of you who might know me quite well know that I'm not very good with directions or maps or anything like that. I have been known to be one of those kind of people where I'm, before sat-navs were around, 
again, that shows how old I am, but I would sometimes go round around about, Russ might be driving, he'd be saying, which turn off? And we'd have to go around about three or four times. I don't know, hold on a minute, I'm trying to find it. So I get a bit panicky, I'm not very good at that kind of thing. But when it comes to knowing which way to go in my life, I need some direction. Okay, I need a map. And the Bible is a map. A Bible is God's words to show me and help me with making decisions and help guide me through life. Okay, object number three. Ben, come and give us a hand. Right, this is a bit tricky because the picture's a little bit cut off. Can you work it out? It's in there somewhere. Having a good look. Uh, nope. Okay, let's have a look. Let's talk over this side. There we go. Okay, can you put it on for us? Okay, perfect. Hold it up. Brilliant. Okay, a torch. Thanks, Ben. That's brilliant. Oh, sorry. Did I just blind you, Angela? Sorry. It's, it's risky sitting in the front row. You might have balloons popping and all sorts. Okay, sorry, Angela. Okay, a torch. Okay, have you ever been outside at night and not had a torch or something to help you find your way when it's really dark and there's no lights at all? It's really, really difficult to know where you're going. Okay, Psalm 119 says this, 100, verse 105, your word, God's word, the Bible, is a lamp for my feet, is a light on my path. It shows us the way. When things feel dark, God's word, as we open it up, he speaks to us and he, sp he shows us the way. If you're coming camping in the summer, make sure you bring a torch. Okay, it's really important. Okay, next, Jacob, if you go and sit down, then I can choose you next. Okay, right, next object. Here we go. Jacob. Ready? Can you find for me? Oh, that's a bit tricky. Do you know what that is? Teddy. Yes. And do you know what this is? The blanket. The blanket. Okay. So can you find those things in there? There's two things you've got to find. Okay. Brilliant. Love. Yes, well done. Well done. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. Hold it up so everyone can see. Here we go. So this is uh, a teddy that we have in our house who happens to be called Pip. And a blanket. Okay, thank you, Jacob. Put yourself down. Thank you. Brilliant. A teddy and a blanket. Why would I be saying that the Bible is a bit like a teddy and a blanket? And the reason I'm choosing that is because this is my favorite blanket. If I want to be snuggled up warm, if I feel like I need a bit of comfort, a little bit of coziness, I will put this around me or have it on my lap. And this is a special teddy that has lots of cuddles. They're things that give us comfort. Psalm 119 says this, verse 114, you are my refuge, which means a safe place where I find comfort. You are my refuge and my shield. Shield is something that protects us. I have put my hope in your word. That's what it says. As we read God's word, it brings comfort to us and peace. In the middle of hard things, we can know God's peace as we read the Bible and read his promises to us. Okay, next thing. Georgia, come and help me, please. 
Georgia, can you find this? Do you know what that is? Brilliant. Thanks, Georgia. Perfect. Well held up. Okay, thanks, Georgia. That's brilliant. Okay, my phone. Like, why would I uh, be bringing my phone? Like, where do we usually go if we want to find something out? If we want to know something, we Google it, don't we? Like, that didn't happen in the olden days, but now this is the first thing that we generally turn to, okay? If I want to find some knowledge, then I go to here. We once have um, a little anecdote that's not on my notes, and I probably will regret saying it, but Russ's nan, great nan, used to say, if you want knowledge, you've got to go to the library. <laughs> but uh, this is generally where we go. To, sorry, I'm really off script there. That was really bad. Okay. This is where we generally go to get some knowledge. Okay. But actually, this can tell us anything we want it to, depending on where we look. This is the place that we need to go to if we want to find out what's true and what's wise. Okay. Psalm 119 verse 24 says this, your statutes, that means the things that you say, the things that you tell us, they're my delight. They bring us joy. They are my counsellors. That means they give us counsel. They, they give us wisdom. Okay, this is the place to go to, all right, if we want to know wise, how to live wisely. Okay, two more things, please. Rosie, come and give us a hand. Brilliant. Up you come. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Were you panicking then, Rosie? We've got two Roses. <laughs> Rosie, can you find for me this, please? And this. Okay. Okay, excellent. Wonderful. Hold them up so everyone can see. Oh, okay. Loaf of bread and a bottle of water. Perfect. Thank you, Rosie. Brilliant. Water and bread. Thanks, Rosie. That's fantastic. When Jesus was being tempted in the desert, he said this in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. That's what he said. This is where we get the steady stream of words from God's mouth. It's like God speaks to us through this. It's like bread for us. It's like bread that feeds our bodies, feeds our minds, feeds our souls, keeps us healthy, everything that we need. And then water. Jesus was once speaking to a lady who was by a well collecting water. And he said this to her, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again. But anyone who drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Not ever. If we read this book... In here, it's like drinking an amazing drink of water. You know when you get really hot and you're just gasping for water? That's what reading this word can be like. It can be like having an amazing glass of water after you've been thirsty. Okay. We've got a few more to go. Abby. Come and help find this. Thank you. Right, I'm warning you, this is a little bit heavy, okay? So don't underestimate how heavy it is, okay? 
Yeah, that one. Yeah, it's an actual one. Okay, all right. A brick. Okay, don't drop it on your toe, because uh, otherwise <laughs> that will be really painful. And I won't throw it to you, Angela, in the front row. Okay, thank you, Abby. That's great. Okay, a brick. All right. Jesus told a story in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 and 25. And he said this, Everyone who hears these words of mine, this is also where we hear these words of mine, these words of Jesus. Everyone who hears these words of mine is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. When Jesus speaks, when God speaks to us through his word, we can build our lives on that. They're like a strong foundation so that when the rubbish stuff happens, when hard stuff comes, our faith can be strong. We can trust in Jesus. We can trust the things that he says to us in here. Okay, another thing, please. Um, Sam, come and give us a hand. Brilliant. Can you find one of those, please? you know what that is? Yeah? I'll tell you what it is in a minute. See if you can find something. It is. It looks a bit like this. It's heavy. Okay, hold it up tight. Hold it up straight. Right, right high, I mean. Okay. Anyone know what this is? What's it called? Whoa, it's a weight. It was really heavy. Thank you, Sam. Brilliant. It's called a dumbbell. Yeah, it's really heavy, and you use it if you're doing exercises or, you know, all that kind of thing to build up your muscle, to give you strength, okay? When we read God's words... In here, he builds us up, not like our physical muscles, but he builds up our strength inside, in our hearts. This is what Psalm 119 verse 28 says. My soul is weary with sorrow. That means I'm really sad. Strengthen me according to your word. So the psalmist is saying that when I'm sad, if I go to this book, if I read the words of God, that I can be strengthened deep inside. Okay, we're nearly there, guys, just in case you're wondering if this is going to go on until 2 o'clock. Okay, uh, another volunteer, please. Ben. Oh, have you been already? Or oh, is there anyone that's not been yet? Hold on. Nana, sorry, Ben. Nana, up you come, Nana. Can you find this for me, please? Okay. Brilliant. Okay. All right. Come so everyone can see it. Hold it up straight. Well done. Okay. A sword. Okay. Thank you, Nana. That's brilliant. Go and find yourself a seat. So like a kind and skilled doctor, maybe not with a sword, but with something sharp like that, looking at our bodies, they can see what's good in our bodies and what needs a bit of attention. And they can go to the things that need a bit of attention they can do what they need to do and make it better again. This is what Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 said. For the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrows. Marrow, not marrows. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. God's word is alive. It kind of gets right where it needs to go in us. 
right? We can read this book and we can read passages that we might have read time and time again, but we read it today and you're like, that's what I needed to hear right now. That's God speaking to me right here and right now. That's what's so amazing about this book is alive. It's like God's breath, God's voice for us. Okay. Anyone? Anyone else? Daisy, have you been yet? Come on up, you come. Okay, Daisy, I need you to find this, please. Okay, thank you. Brilliant. Oh, okay, great. Come around this side so people can see. Yeah, please. Ah, oh, okay. Oh, my goodness, what's inside? Loads of treasure. Okay, it's a treasure chest. Can you sh- okay, we've got look, some lovely, amazing Pearls all look lovely, modelled by Daisy. Beautiful. We've got some other beautiful gems. We've got some amazing, shiny stones. We've got some precious marbles. What's in this one? Now, I know these are precious because I sent a message around to some friends. Oh, look at that one. Big, shiny, amazing stone. I sent some message around to some of... Uh, some friends and said, could you please find some treasure? And I got some really panicked uh, messages back. The panicked messages went, "Uh, yes, you can borrow the treasure, but please don't lose it. Like, Abby said you can borrow this, but please don't lose it. Um, And all of these things are special treasure to some of the children in this place today. And they said I could borrow it as long as I made sure I didn't lose it. Now, that's really important. The Bible... Is like treasure. This is what it says in Psalm 119, verse 72. The law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. Imagine what that looks like. Thousands and thousands of pieces of silver and gold. But the person who writes the song says, this book, your words, are more precious to me than that treasure. And all those people who've loaned me that treasure, I know that's precious to you because you said, please be careful with it. This is more precious than even this amazing treasure in here. What God says to us in here is like treasure. Two more things. Jen, can you come and help find this, please? I can only apologise. Okay, thanks, Jen. Okay, uh, it's Russ's trainer. Um, are you close enough? <laughs> there we go. A trainer. Okay, this is what it says in Psalm 119, verse 66. Before I learned to answer you, I wandered all over the place, but now I'm in step with your word. You are good and the source of good. Train me in your righteousness. Now, I have never run a marathon before. I wouldn't really call myself a runner. Uh, I like walking, not great at running. But I understand that when you're training for a marathon, you often will do that with a partner, especially kind of to do the really long distances. You'll do that with a companion, someone that you train alongside. As we read this book, we can be trained by God as he speaks to us, to live his way, the best way. Last thing, anyone who's not been yet, ooh, 
Have you been yet, Henry? Oh, come on then. Oh, and now I'm panicking because why can't I find the last thing? Oh, I tell you why I can't find the last thing. Because they can't fit in the suitcase. Let me tell you what the last thing is. Helen, could you stand up and come here, please? Thanks. Stand here. Okay. Helen. Helen is one of these. So Jacob, I mean, Henry has just found Helen. Here we go. All right. I didn't think we wanted to try and squeeze Helen in the suitcase. Why might Helen be in here? Does anyone know what she does uh, in the week? Nana, do you know what she does? She is. She's a teacher. Brilliant. Thank you for finding Helen. Thank you for coming up. Okay. I panicked for a minute when I couldn't find the thing in the suitcase. Oh, okay. This is what Psalm 119 verse 171 says. Let praise, that means like joy, cascade off my lips. After all, you have taught me the truth about life. God's word is like a teacher, like a really good teacher who teaches us about life. And like I said before, we can look anywhere. We can find, find out the truth about life from lots of different people. Lots of different people will tell us lots of different things. But this place, this book, hearing God's voice is the only way that we really hear the truth about life. Now, I wonder if you've ever read a book and you almost feel like the end of it, like you know the person who wrote it. That's what it's like with this book. We read it and we know, get to know the person who wrote it, the person who's behind it. Sometimes if, you, um, ha- if, if a new book comes out, the person who's written the book might go to the bookshop and people can buy the book and the author can write a little message inside the front cover. Like, to Zariah, hope you love this book. And then they give the book to you. Okay, it's like God, but this book is not about signing just inside a front cover. All right, God's, it's like God has written all in this book just for you with your name on it. So there are lots and lots of reasons as to why we should read this book. So I'm going to whiz through two other things. Where can we read it? So back to my friends. A friend said, um, I read my Bible on my rocking chair or in the car. I'm presuming that means either the car is still and stopped or they're listening to it on um, their earphones. Um, someone else said they read it everywhere and anywhere. Someone said they, might, they read it, they tend to read theirs in bed or on the floor or on their phone. A couple of people said they've got a particular chair that they like sitting in. Uh, someone said they, they like to listen to it when they're out walking. And Helen said they've got a special chair. It looks out over the garden and it's known as the cuddle chair in their house because it's huge. Now, I love that thought of, of a place to sit um, and read your Bible because that's what it can feel like when you get to be in God's presence as he speaks to you. You know that he's with you. Okay, so where do you read your Bible or where do you listen to your Bible? And does that work? And by that I mean, do you come into the presence of God? Do you meet God? Do you hear him in that space where you're doing it? If you don't, then maybe it's worth just trying a different place or a different time and just changing it up a bit. Okay, how? How do we read the Bible? Is what you're doing with reading the Bible working for you right now? It might have worked for you way back then, but what about now? If it's not bringing you into the presence of God, if you're not hearing him speak to you through while you're doing it, then again, 
You can change how you do it. The book is big. There's bits in it that are tricky. Some bits we might have questions about. Some bits we might not understand, but there are bits in it that we love. The overarching story of this book is that God loves us. And he does everything in his graph to show us that. Just like Libby said this morning, like he pursues us. And one way he pursues us is through this as we turn to it. So I'm going to leave that with you just there. Okay, I'm not going to say any more. I'm going to cut short the other things that I was going to do. But what I want to do as we pray now, so we've talked about why we read it, how we read it, where we might read it. This is not to make us feel guilty if we're finding it tricky to read. I don't know if any of you have done some of those um, Bible in a Year apps. You know, we've got to January and maybe you already feel like you're lagging behind. Yeah, you're not on the date that it says it's supposed to be. You're like on January the 7th and now we're nearly at the end of January and there's that, oh, I just can't do it. That's not the purpose of talking about this this morning. The purpose is that we find a way to do differently if we need to, reading this book. Not because it's like a rule or something we should do, but because when we read it, we get to meet God and he speaks to us. Shall we pray? And this is how I want to do it this morning, a little bit differently. Think for a moment about all those different objects that I showed you. The balloon, God breathed. The Bible giving us strength. The Bible being like a foundation. God's word that trains us. Like water if we're thirsty. Like bread if we're hungry. Like a torch, a light to show us the way. All those different things that I've shown us. And think for a moment, just if one of those things in particular is something that you feel you really need from God today. So just going to take a couple of minutes just to be quiet. So you might want to close your eyes just to concentrate. If there's one particular thing that you feel you need in meeting God today, what would it be?